Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Good to be with you again, Mike. I haven't seen you in a while. It, it has been a while since we've been together. We've both uh, you know, been out and about, and uh, Andrew's been in a lot. And so, yeah, it's good to be back with you. It's yeah, been I, a feel bit. Like, I feel like for a while it was like always me and you during, right. yeah. <laughs> during the height of the the pandemic, I thought, oh my gosh, where is Andrew? Hopefully he's, he's okay, <laughs> but, but it's been me and you. Uh, it was me and you for a while, and then I haven't seen you in a while, so it's always good to catch up with you, especially because I feel like um, when we don't see each other a lot, there's a lot of stuff that happens, especially um, there was just no news at all this week in the real estate, <laughs> in the yeah, real right. estate world, but uh, there was actually a ton of news in the real estate world, and um, it reverberated from the real estate world, I think, into the tech world, into the stock world. And the big, big news was that um, Zillow has now come out and said they were ending their iBuying program. And their their iBuying program was basically their instant offer program, right? where they would go through and they would um, come and give you an instant offer for your home. Now, you might be confused a little bit, as I was originally when I saw the article, because when I saw it posted um, about... 10 minutes after it was announced, uh, I thought, oh gosh, this person's a little late to the party. They're posting an article in this real estate Facebook group that I'm in um, of something Zillow said a couple weeks ago. Right. The article stated that Zillow was uh, shutting down their iBuyer program. Now I thought, oh, they're a little mistaken because Zillow actually said it was just for the quarter. Well, Zillow had their shareholder call this week. I believe it was on their shareholder call. And they said now... Uh, even though a couple weeks ago they had said that they were no longer going to be purchasing homes for the rest of this year due to supply uh, constraints and difficulty um, doing work to the homes, they said they were pausing that. Well, now they've readjusted and said, actually, we decided uh, based on a bunch of different factors, but basically the main factor is we cannot forecast home prices as we thought we would be able to, that we are now shutting down our iBuying program completely offloading the homes to another hedge fund, about 7,000 homes. And we are eliminating 25% of our workforce, which is 2,000 people who were most likely related to the iBuying program. Yeah. So huge news that came out this week and, and, and very, very interesting. And you know, first and foremost, we go out to, you know, our thoughts go out to the people that are going to lose their jobs. We never want to see people lose their jobs and, you know, how they support their family and whatnot. Yeah. But What's really interesting with all of it is that, you know, Zillow, who became famous because of their Zestimate, right, which was their ability to tell you what your, they thought your price of your home was working, seems to be flawed when they used it themselves to buy homes. Correct. And, and you know, what, again, I do want to preface this by saying I never want anybody to lose their job. So I of do. Of course, right. I would say if you are going to lose your job, luckily, this is the time where there are a lot of positions out there that people are looking for great workers. Correct. I know we are. So if you need to go to our website, we are looking for great workers. But um, but needless to say, I, I do think that um, one of the issues that we've always had as agents, as and I'm sure lenders on the appraisal side, is that people um, put a lot of stake into the Zestimate and to these auto home estimates on other sites like Realtor.com, right? places like that. Um, and we always know as agents that these are highly, highly inaccurate, um, especially when you take into account lots and conditions of a home and is the home on the water and is it in a flood zone and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, you could go on and on uh, about why a Zestimate and something that's automatic just doesn't work. I mean... 
what's the school district on the other side of the road versus your side of the road, you know, things like that. So um, we always knew they were highly volatile, um, very, very uh, likely to be inaccurate, especially in our market. And we knew that if Zillow was using these Zestimates to purchase homes, that that was actually very bad because we knew that they most likely, not that they're always too high because they're not, they're just right. always, not always, but they're just mostly incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they try and use so many different data points to come up with their Zestimate and it's an algorithm that that's used just on all these different you know um, data points, like I said, that goes in there. And the reality of when it comes down to it, and this is you're seeing it all over social media and everything else, and it's it's really great for all the realtors that are out there because it is really just a notch into your cap that that's why you can't use a computer to do this. Correct. And you you need somebody like you mentioned. You know what is the school district next door? What is going on in the neighborhoods? Things that you can't get necessarily just from data points can have a big impact on what the value of a property is. And when they buy as many homes as they did, you know, it seems like, or, you know, and that seems like it is, it sounds like they, they, they missed the, the boat on a lot of them. Well, they cited the fact that they've lost $500 million um, on right. this program. Now, I, I knew as a consumer as a, and as an agent that when you looked at the data of what Zillow was purchasing and you looked at what they were reselling the homes were, it was no secret that they were losing a lot of money on a lot of these homes. And a lot of agents in these groups talked about this. And a lot of agents amongst our community were talking about it. Um, I always took the impression um, of that Zillow was like other tech companies where it didn't really matter that they were losing a lot of money because they were going to have investors because there was a bigger picture that we probably didn't know. Right. And that um, this was just the cost of getting to that bigger picture, much like Tesla for a very long time was just, you know, losing money. And right. there was people investing because there was a bigger picture. Right. You know, that's a lot of tech companies and not uncommon. I figured it doesn't really matter. I don't know why agents are talking about it. Zillow has a goal and they're going to get there. And this is just part of the cost to get there. Um, I think it's much different when you were such a money making company and you um, were you're number one in real estate, you know, it's uh, as far as tech companies go. And then you have a $500 million loss to explain to shareholders and <laughs> to um, people within the company. I mean, that that amount of money that quickly is a very large loss. And it was obviously something that they uh, evaluated. And I think if you quarter after quarter, year after year, that becomes a very hard pill to swallow. And I think that becomes, as they mentioned, a very hard pill to forecast how you're going to get out of that hole. And I think that's what it became. Right. Especially when they were probably overpaying for a lot of the homes in the beginning, anticipating that growth. So they may have been willing to pay 5% over market value, figuring they're going to make up for it in the next quarter or next half a year because the prices are going to continue to increase. Well, there's a little bump along that road. Then all of a sudden that, that business becomes flawed. And I, I think that's what that's what you're seeing in there. But, you know, I think it really, really goes back to um, in being that, you know, the Duncan Duo real estate show is that this is why you need a boots on the ground realtor that can go out there and be local because all real estate is local. Yes, correct. And they were totally overpaying for homes. Yeah. Um, not all the time, but I would tell you most of the time as right. far as what I have seen. Um, and we also 
we'll purchase your property. We go out there. It's one of the menu of options that we offer to you where we will purchase your home. We'll um, per, you know, sell it, buy it. If we don't sell it in 14 days, we'll give you an instant offer as would some other companies, including Zillow. And we are still doing that. But we are doing that by going out there analyzing each property, figuring out how much we need to put into it, what we would be able to sell it for, looking at our cost, you know, what are the holding costs? I mean, we are using our money. We're not using money from another company, which a lot of other places do. You know, they might say, oh yeah, we're buying homes, but it's actually not their money. Right. Um, ours is ours. We, you know, it's our company. So we're very intentional in what we offer. Um, we analyze each home differently. There is no overall algorithmic formula that we're following. So, you know, uh, sometimes we were missing out on homes because of Zillow, but we knew analyzing it that they were severely overpaying for those homes. And so we are still out there buying properties. We are going to these homes. We are giving the clients a menu of options that that might work best for them. Because some people, they don't mind selling their home a little under market value depending on how much the convenience is worth to right, them. Right, for sure. And the timing. Yep. Um, and then some people want the most money. Right. And that's the most important thing to them. And that's why we offer you different plans. It's not a one size fits all for everybody. But I think that that's the difference. And that's why it's very hard when you're, you know, a national company to look at things on a national level. Because like we talk about all the time, real estate's very local, even yep. down to the street. Sure, for and sure. I, and I think that... When you have a company that's very, very large like that, a lot of times they're looking at a national level and we know as people boots on the ground that that's just not super accurate in how you can do these things. So definitely big news in our in our world this week. And I think that it's, it's definitely um, probably changing what people are thinking about the market. Sure. I know I instantly think, oh, well now all those people that would tell you, oh, Zillow gave me an offer for X or yeah, I'm going to be calling Zillow also. That's all gone. Huge. I mean, I know that um, even on the lending side, I would tell you that Zillow overpaying for properties could have changed appraisals, you know, could have affected how much the inventory is on the market. If an appraiser is going out there and they're looking at all these different sales, you know, that's pulling the market up. Hopefully, by taking some of that hedge fund money out of the market, it actually makes stuff easier for the average consumer. Yeah, and what, what's happened quite a bit, you know, in the last you know year or so, is you're starting to see as the market got so red hot and was so um, you know robust, is that people were paying over market price, um, not just Zillow, but consumers and everybody were paying over that. But when it comes to lending. You know, the lenders are always going to lend based on the lower of the two between the purchase price and the appraised value. So lots of times what was happening is the purchase price was lower than the appraised value. And so we had to use the purchase price, not the the, and so it it ended up they were paying more. Yeah. And hopefully that will trickle out now and it will, um, you know, become easier on all of our fronts. But I do think it will affect the market in a positive way for the consumer. I think that... um, if you're selling a home, you're not going to have that option, but there's plenty of other. Yeah, I think I just there. said that backwards, too, as I was thinking through oh, what I was saying. <laughs> I, it, it, backwards is, is that the purchase price was or 
yeah, the appraised value was actually less than what the purchase price was, right? Not more. Correct, I said correct. it backwards. That it was going to be there. So you know, someone says, yeah, I'll I'll buy buy the house for three hundred fifty thousand, but it only appraised for three hundred twenty five. We have to use that lower appraised value, and that we're starting to see happen. And people would have to bridge that gap themselves in yeah, cash. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, definitely an interesting conversation, definitely a lot happening this week. And we'll be back right after this quick break to talk about more of the real estate news. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. When you're not listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, you can find us online, any of our socials, Duncan Duo team. You can give us a call at the office, 813-359-8990. We'd love to chat with you there. Mike, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can always reach out to me. You can reach me at 813-377-2743. Again, 813-377-2743. We can give you a free quote, no cost obligation. Or you can go to Cross Country Tampa, crosscountrytampa, all one word, dot com. Yeah, awesome. And it's so important to have a great lender during times like these. Um, you know, it was announced this week that the Fed, while they didn't raise interest rates, right. they were forecasting stuff that was upcoming as far as what they plan to do, the changes that they see, because the economy they feel is pretty strong. Right. So what the Fed has been doing for the past couple of years is they actually not only have had interest rates at or near the, the Fed funds rate at or near zero, but they've also been buying both tre U.S. Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, which provides liquidity in the marketplace and provides demand in the marketplace to keep interest rates low. Well, that's not a sustainable forever type thing that you can keep doing. So what they came out and announced this week is while we're not going to stop that altogether, what we are going to do is we're going to start tapering that back. And that's probably the term you heard out there is people are Taper. tapering. Um, and they were doing it. So they were buying. Um, what they did is they said that they were going to start trimming back $10 billion a month of U.S. Treasury purchases and $5 billion of mortgage-backed securities. They're starting at $150 million um, that they were buying you know, yesterday. And they came back and said they're going to lower it by $15 billion a month. So in theory, after 10 months, they'd be back to zero. Now, what was interesting that they said is they said, well, we're going to start it in November. Most people thought they'd start it in December, but they're going to start it this month in November. But we're only going to do it for two months, and then we'll kind of reevaluate and see where we're at. So a lot of people out there, economists and people are saying, with inflation that's going on out there, do we need to go a little bit faster? And there's a lot of questions that are out there. So while last time when they tapered, they gave us the entire schedule of how they were going to do it, this time they said, we're going to do it November and December, and then we'll come back in January and kind of reevaluate what's going on. Because there is a lot going on there in the marketplace with inflation, with supply chain things that we're seeing. And I think there's still a lot of unknowns to try and figure all of that out. Understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah. So, right, right. Everybody's talking about it, Everybody's going. And so what does that all mean? What does that mean if you're buying a house and everything else? What it means is, you know, inflation is the, the kind of enemy of interest rates, right? So as inflation goes up, interest rates have to go up. So it's not our most lovely thing to be able to see is when we see inflation coming. The question is, how much of it is transitory and how much of it is going to stay there, you know, for good that comes in? And I think that's the question that's unknown. You know, all the professionals, the forecasters out there say, are we going to see a little bit higher rates over the course of maybe the next six months? Probably. But they're not going to be drastic. They're going to be small in there. And so while rates have jumped from the high twos into like the low threes, now low to mid threes, you may see it go to the you know mid threes to upper threes for a 30-year fixed mortgage. You may see that six months from now. 
which will affect affordability a little bit, but overall, it's it's it doesn't wreck the market. It doesn't ruin everything that is out there. Well, especially if um, you know inflation is affecting everything, because Correct. then you know what's that extra little bit a month? But right. I, it all it all goes up, and incomes are going up too, right? So yeah. that's what comes out there, and and there's so there's a lot of that. You hear the term out there, wage inflation, right? You see all these places and. I mean, you can drive up and down, you know, most of the streets in Tampa Bay, and you see, I see them all the time, these fast food restaurants now paying 12 13 15 $18 an hour because they're just dying to get, empl- you know, people to come work there and trying to get things there. And so there's wage inflation going, so they're having to pay more. So it all does kind of trickle down back into it, and your hamburger is going to probably be a little bit more expensive because they got to pay people more money. Um, that's going to be there, and ultimately that, that will cause it. But, you know, overall, long-term, we still think rates are going to stay relatively low. Yeah, I think that the only thing that would change that would be rapid inflation. And even then, you know, some economists have said they don't really know that they have the appetite to combat mega inflation like that. Or, you know, I don't know that anybody wants to take the economic hit that it would take. This is just my opinion to raise rates to a very high number. Well, what's very high now? Who knows? You know, it's all thrown off in our heads because they've been so low, but I don't think anybody necessarily has the appetite to be you know, the grim reaper of interest rates, which is part of the problem. Yeah. And when you think about it, the the biggest, largest entity out there that has debt is the U.S. government, right? We've created so much debt because we borrowed so much money, et cetera, et cetera. So if we raise interest rates, we have to pay higher amount on our own debt as a country. So there is going to be some control in there to not allow it because we always have to have the full faith and credit of the United States. Like our dollar needs to mean something um, and, and needs to be good. And so I don't think you'll see it get out of control. I don't think the the, the uh, Federal Reserve will allow and, and the fiscal responsibility in the Treasury will allow inflation to get out of control and run wild like it has unfortunately, in some other countries. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't foresee that. But I mean, I also don't foresee, I think if it did get really high, I mean, me personally, I don't see them. I mean, what were the interest rates in the early 80s, late 70s? I yeah, mean, they were ridiculous. 17, 18%. You I mean, hear people talk about that, right? I don't and think anybody, I don't think they have the appetite to do that. Even if no. they needed it, I don't see them being able to do that. I Just because I think that that would I mean, I think that that would really create issues. I mean, especially when you're looking at housing prices now. And again, we're going down a deep hole. But looking at housing prices now, I do think when we talk about affordability, that is something that would completely change the affordability of very high prices. But, you know, there was stuff that combated that back in the 80s. I mean, that's why you saw a lot of homes getting smaller. You know, builders were building as cheap of homes as they could so people could afford the payments. And I think that it all averages out in the end. I think it always balances out. It just might take a while to get there. But I do think, I do agree with you for the foreseeable future. I don't see rates going up that high. I do think they will go up. And I think they're probably going to go up on the same trajectory that they have been where it's been a slow rise. And I think it's just going to go up slowly. Um, I don't expect them to come out and do some and, crazy rate. And right. I always say this, and they don't go in, in in a straight line. And someone gave me this analogy earlier this week. It's like, you know, the little kid bouncing up and down a yo-yo while going up an escalator, right? So slowly they are going up as you go up the escalator, but they're going, you know, the rates are the yo-yo. So they're going up and down while constantly kind of raising up. So you'll see that slowly, but, you know, o- overall, it's still going to be a great time in the housing market and in the real estate market. And that's Tampa why Bay. you need to, yeah, that's why you need to call Mike because he knows what's up and he knows 
how to uh, lock those rates in at the uh, you know the level that you need where you're on the downtrend of the yo-yo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We always are looking at that, and we stay in tune markets literally hour by hour. You know when they're there to make sure we lock you in because when you know listen all this is great and you say okay well rates are going up or whatever but when you're out there buying a house all that really matters is when are you going to lock the loan in your next 30 days when you're supposed to close if i'm supposed to close december 1st your window now is you know today versus december 1st and that's all you really care about so what we do is help walk you through that to make sure to pick up the right opportune time to lock you in there to give you the most advantageous pricing for your situation while it means the most to you. So one more time, how do they get in touch with you, Mike? You can always give me a call at 813-377-2743. Again, 813-377-2743. Or go to crosscountrytampa.com. Awesome. And we'll be back right after this quick break. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, filling in for Andrew Duncan, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for joining us again this week, Mike. Love it. Um, What we were talking about in the break is that, um, you know, real estate, as far as it's been the last year and a half, has been a little different, especially here in Florida, compared to what we have typically seen. You know, we're very patterned out. And I don't want to use the word seasonal because we actually are not seasonal at all. Right. Um, Some markets are very, very seasonal, uh, meaning that they are very busy in the spring, summer, and then it, you know, comes to a trickle into the fall and then kind of just a stop in the winter. Right. We're never like that in Florida. We're um, actually busy and pretty steady most of the year. And believe it or not, our busiest, our second busiest month is usually December right? Uh, for tax reasons, but also because people from up north, especially yep. international travelers from Canada, are usually in our market. Right. Yeah. And you're going to start seeing next week, November uh, 8th, um, you know, tomorrow that the, inter- I think it is that the international borders, you know, open back up where people that are fully vaccinated are able to come back into the United States. Um, via car, um, it's going to be there. Yes. And I, I've seen a lot on the blogs and Facebook pages and stuff where a lot of our Canadian friends up north, you know, wanted to be able to drive down here and bring there. Yeah. So you're going to start seeing the Ontario license plates again in Tampa well, Bay pretty soon. Well, my uh, we have Canadians in our family. My sure. my wife's sister married a Canadian. Uh, they live up there full time. So they have, my kids have cousins that are Canadian. We're very familiar with Canada. Yeah. My family spends a lot of the summer um, in Canada instead of being down here in the heat. I'm sure. usually here, but they're up there enjoying a nice lake. But um, a lot of Canadians, you know, they almost consider Florida like a province. I mean, a yes, lot of people winter right. here, especially from Ontario. Yep. Um, and especially from Quebec. So, um, you know, his parents actually, they have an RV and this is very, very common. They come down, they bring their car, hook it up to the back. Very nice class A RV, but they're down here the entire six months that yep. it's cold. And they have not been able to do that. For, right. They did not come at all last year. And the year before, they I mean, they usually stay well into May. Right. And the year before, they had to go back. I mean, they, I think they went back at the end of February because yeah. it was like a little funky. Right. Um, so they're dying to get back here. Now, I will say they didn't have any, you know, they didn't have any desire to come down in the middle of everything. They were, you know, good Canadians and they did what they were supposed to do and they were fine with that. But now that it's opening up, they, I don't think, could pack fast enough to get here. And, um, and it has been where we would see a lot of international sales 
and international purchasers from people who were um, here during those months. You know, and it's not just Canadians. Um, you take the Orlando market, which again could be argued that it's part of our area. It's very sure. close. It does affect our market, but part of their market, especially when you look at um, Disney and other areas huge amount of vacation homes, uh, especially for people from the UK, um, through part of uh, Germany. I mean, definitely the EU has a lot of purchasers of those homes. And that area isn't as much Canadian as the Tampa Bay area is. Yeah. And you see a lot of people. I mean, I meet a lot of people and I live out um, in Reddington Beach. I'm out on the beaches, kind of where I live and socialize and all that stuff. And I meet a lot of people that are from the EU that come first, they come on the, on their holiday, as they call it, yep. their vacation, right? They come to Disney, they go to Orlando, they do all of that, and then they spend either the first half or the second half, however they decide to do it, here on our beaches on the, on the west coast of Florida in Tampa Bay, and they absolutely love it. Um, and they come over there so they can get a little bit of the beach and the sand and that sort of stuff since Orlando's in the center. And we see a lot of people come over and, and so it, all the time. And I don't think Americans necessarily understand how they vacation. Um, it's not like they take a couple of days off and right. go for a week. I mean, these are people that they get like two or more months off during the year and they will take it as a chunk and they're on holiday. Yes. And they are not working right. while they are on holiday. <laughs> right. And that's it. Like they are here. So when they're buying a vacation home, number one, when you have time off like that, a vacation home does make much more sense. You know, especially when you look at the cost of having to go someplace like Orlando and pay out of pocket for two months or so. Sure. Um, then you think, my gosh, what would I spend for a year of a vacation home, especially if I could rent it out? Right. So that becomes much more appetizing a thought. And Canadians are the same way. A lot of Canadians will buy secondary homes down here. Now, they're not getting as much vacation time as the EU, as far as I know, but they do still get extensive amount of time. They, a lot of them are back and forth to Florida specifically a lot just because that's where you go. Right. You know, there's, not a, there's not a tropical beach up in Canada. Right. Uh, so uh, Florida is very desirable, but those people do buy and sell our homes. And on the sell side, I will tell you that we didn't even get a lot of sellers who were Canadian. And we would always get, not a ton, but we would always get a trickle here, a trickle there where, oh yeah, this person's from Canada, they're selling their home, or this person's in Canada, they have a home by the beach and they're going to be selling. I can't remember specifically the last time I worked with a Canadian seller or our team. And I think it's just because everybody kind of put pause, pressed pause over the last year. And I think they thought, well, maybe I want to get down there a little more. You know, I don't know what it entails to actually close and not go down there. You know, some people think they still have to travel to right, close. Right. Um, maybe they were here and they kind of just left thinking they'd be back in a month or so. It's been a year and a half. So maybe it's not in the condition that they'd want to have it to sell. So I do think that there's going to be a lot of sellers um, and potentially a lot of buyers who are ready, like Americans were, to put their money someplace. And maybe they've been looking at eyeing a vacation home for a while. Or on the flip side, maybe they've been thinking they needed to sell this whole time. Yeah, and that's such a good point. And I think you, we may see here a, a – we do anyways as people start traveling down here. But me, we may see a mini little boon here for the next three or four months because of all the international travels – travelers. I mean, just think as our as our country started to open up and Florida, as we've talked about before, was a little bit more open than a lot of other places. We just saw everybody coming to Florida, 
right? And so last year we had our, our, you know, our peak season, and then it just sort of never stopped. I mean, the beaches have been busy, you know, nonstop. Right. Um, it's coming there. And now that the international, our international friends and travelers are going to be able to come back, and people haven't been able to transact for the past year and a half or so, I think you will see, see an increase in activity all throughout Tampa Bay. And I think that'll be good um, for, for both buyers and sellers. It's going to give people some opportunity, maybe give some more inventory um, onto the marketplace. I think it'll be a good, positive thing. Well, and, and another thing that I don't know that people that are not super familiar with stuff that happens in Canada, I happen to be just because of the family that we have there. But um, Canada has a much more severe housing crisis, as we call it, compared to us. And they, it would almost be like if we went through the crazy up in the real estate market in 04, 05, 06, but we didn't drop, they never dropped. They just kind of kept going up and wow, they have okay. not dropped yet. So you have a lot of uh, Canada who they're at a very serious affordability crisis, really. Um, they also have super low inventory like we've had, um, but we've had that kind of low inventory problem. Yeah, for a while, but severely we've had it for kind of the past like year and a half. Right. It, it's been like that for them, especially in places like Toronto. So you look at places like the West Coast of Canada, there's been restrictions on um, especially uh you know, Asian and Chinese investors purchasing property. Um, that was to keep the housing prices in Vancouver down. Um, now they're talking about making it a a law across Canada, or it wouldn't be law, I don't know what you would call it, but basically do a moratorium on all foreign purchasers for purchasing Canadian property for like three to four years. Wow. Um, and that would take, you know, the goal there would be, okay, well, there would be less demand for our home, so maybe Canadians could buy them. But they're also talking about going a step further and possibly making it where you cannot buy a secondary home, at least for a certain period of time to kind of ease up the housing crisis up there a little bit. So when I look at that and I think, okay, well, where would those people then turn around and possibly think about putting their money, I would say also Florida. So, right. you know, while it could help their housing market, I think that, um, you know, we're still trying to get back on our feet here as far as getting people in homes in Florida, because we have a lot of people relocating here. But I think it will definitely, my opinion is it could definitely get even harder because I do think that the foreign investment is going to come back, which we've really been completely absent of. Right. You know, we're, we're really going through this, um, just getting a lot of relocation buyers. Um, and you know, I just think that inventory could get a lot lower here. I know that they're doing a lot to combat the problem, but, um, you know, I do see a return to that, but I know that over on the beach, um, you know, I know that you probably kind of live this because you're over there and having to drive in it and, you know, having to, you know, just be in the whole thing over there. Yeah, but we 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 love them all being there, right? Oh so, yeah. yeah, it's um, it, you know, it, it's great and it's been it's been good and it's been fun and yeah, but it is robust, right? And we have very little inventory and you know, you're starting to see some things a, a little bit more. I think some people that are starting to put their house on the market, take advantage of it. Um, you know, that's going on there and st things still seem to be moving very fluidly and, and whatnot. And like we've been saying for a long time, some extra inventory into the marketplace would actually be a very, very positive thing, not a negative thing. No, yes. And, and we would love to see it. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit. And I'm very interested to see as we go through the end of the year, if we start seeing more come online. I hope all the Canadians come here. 
and they come and they decide, you know what, we'll never be able to come back to Florida. We need to just sell all of our places <laughs> because we do really, really, really need the inventory. Um, I say all the time, my gosh, they could put like quadruple or quintuple the amount of homes on the market and we'd still, yep, you know, barely for be sure. at a balanced market. Right. So we wouldn't pick. We really, really, really need um, homes on the market. I know that builders are working the best that they can to produce these homes, but you know, the inventory problem definitely hasn't quite gotten better yet. But I will tell you that I do agree with you because homes, we we were saying this today, that homes, it seems like that you'd put on the market and maybe a couple months ago, you get like 30 showings in the first day. Now you're getting like five showings. So it's still very healthy. I mean, my gosh, in a normal right. market, you'd be like, yes, right <laughs> right on the market and five showings. But it's been so swung the other way in, for a while that you look at that and you're like, oh, my gosh, did I overprice this home? It's only yeah. got five showings. Right. You know, so, you know, I definitely think it's uh, it's a new, you know, a new th- new normal. All right. Thanks. And we'll be back right after this quick break. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for joining us on this last segment of the show. Me and Mike were just talking about our tax bills. Yeah, real estate taxes. It's that that fun time of year, usually November 1st, where um, all the tax bills um, around Tampa Bay, get mailed out to you as a homeowner, or sometimes case now emailed out to you if you sign up for for electronic delivery to be sent to you. Um, and technically, you know, the taxes in in Florida are due March 31st of the following year, but you get a discount for each month you pay early. So everybody that escrows it or includes it in their monthly mortgage payment that they're paying each month generally has it paid in November so that they can take advantage of that that large discount that that's coming over there. And and so, you know, as you get it, you know, you get your tax bill. I mean, a couple of pieces of advice. One, look at it. Oh, right. Yeah. Look at it. See what the changes are. See the differences between this year and last year. Make sure something doesn't, um, you know, look out of line. One of the things I can tell you about, you know, all, you know, Hillsborough, Pinellas and Pasco, I'm very familiar with all three of their county and their tax websites being in the mortgage business. I'm on them all oh, the yeah. time. They have very, very good tutorials of how to read them, what changes, what the numbers mean, um, those sort of things. But make sure that your um, exemptions that you have, if you have a homestead exemption and this was your first year, make sure it's actually on there. It's going to be there. Um, And you also have the ability, if you think your house is a, you know, they come out, the assessors come out, the appraiser's office, and they assess your house, and that's what you get taxed on. And we've had a lot of growth in Tampa Bay and a lot of appreciation. So most of your your bills probably are a little bit higher, although they do get capped, right? Uh-huh, yeah. They are a little bit higher. And so you you have the right to dispute that if you don't think it's right. And you can go to your tax assessor's office and property appraiser's office and, and, and tell them why. But it's important to take a look at. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Um, tax bills can get a little confusing. I would sure. tell you that especially um, if you've refinanced or if you purchased the home. Uh, you know, it caught me by surprise one time because I purchased a foreclosure years ago. Um, and I got a notice the next year that um, I didn't pay my taxes and that the house was going to go to foreclosure. Um, I did not know this, but it was not worked out correctly at closing. Um, and this is actually really common where yeah. the, uh, you know, it didn't come. I think we closed in October. So, you know, the tax bill didn't come out of the previous owner and I didn't pay it at closing because that's not, 
you know, it usually comes out of the previous person. Right. So, because it was a foreclosure. So, yep. um, nobody paid the tax bill. Now, I had to pay it, even though, you know, it should have been the last guy's issue, but I wanted to keep my house at that point. So, same thing can happen if you refinance. You know, if you refinance and, um, you know, you closed in October, September even, and you were refunded what was in your escrow account, you know, they didn't collect on it for the next closing statement. I mean, you need to make sure the taxes are paid and correct. And I know that's kind of going down a, a rabbit hole a little bit, but I also think it's just about being familiar with what you owe and kind of uh, keeping an eye on it. Because sometimes I do think we put faith into the escrow account. Um, and especially if you refinance or something like that, you want to make sure that all all those are together. sure. And and you know, ask your mortgage lender to explain that to yes. you. Call us; we'll explain it to you to be able to do it. And this is where, especially having someone local, you know, here in Tampa Bay that understands the taxes here, does it correctly. Because you're right; it's at that tricky time of year, yep. depending on your can do it. So it can be explained so that you don't have this large increase in your payment later on because taxes weren't collected or or saved for properly. That's going to go in there. Um, you know, it's also the time of year um, if you are looking to buy, um, you know, a house right now. And a lot of people out there we know are right. And um, if you're thinking, oh, well, I'm going to wait till the beginning of next year um, to be able to do it. I don't want to mess with in the holidays. You have to close by the end of the year in order to claim the tax, the homestead tax exemption you get for being in Florida mm -hmm. for primary residences by December 31st. And we were talking, you know, at the break or in the last segment that December always tends to be one of our busiest yes. months. And that's a big reason why. Yes. So people can take advantage of the tax advantages of, of homesteading their property. Correct. And especially when the market's been going up so much. Yes. You know, you want to make sure that you get the previous years uh, as opposed to if it was going down. Correct. You know? So I think that that's always really, really important. I think just being, like I said, super familiar with that and give Mike a call or your lender and they can definitely explain that to you. And especially now, if you're on the fence about refinancing, uh, especially what we talked about, I would go ahead and do that. Yeah, now now is the time, um, not just because I'm the mortgage lender and everything else, but everything we've talked about, if you were going to do it, if you've been thinking about doing it, now is the time um, to do it. You're going to get probably more advantageous terms than you are um, you know, down the, down the road. So get off the fence, get it done, be able to do it, um, and, and take advantage of it while rates still uh, stay uh, extremely low. Yeah, I don't think that... There's, I don't think now that the rates would go down enough to be worth the risk of waiting, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think they're going to go down. They might dip, like you said, right. as far as like a yo-yo, but I think we're on the escalator up. So I think that if I was going to do that, I would definitely do it now. Yeah, absolutely. You should, you should do that. And you can always give us a call at 813-377-2743. 813-377-2743, give you a no cost, um, no obligation quote to see if it makes sense for you. If you just want to know, if you're if you're not sure even, you're thinking about it, but you don't know, give us a call. We can look at the different options and, um, you know, if it, if it makes sense, we can move forward. And if it doesn't, we'll tell you that too, because um, yeah. we want to help Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I think that uh, people will be surprised with how much money they could save, especially yeah. when you're looking at the increase in an appraisal and they're getting rid of maybe the PMI and stuff like that. I think they, they would be really surprised. And I think it's really worth giving you guys a call to figure that out if they're even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to change your home and not refinance, give us a call. Like Mike said earlier, we are seeing more stuff come on the market. It is still selling, but I think it's coming on. Yes. You know, it's 
and we do know how to get around multiple offer situations. We're very, very skilled at that. I know a lot of people think that, you know, any agent can do that. It's very, very difficult right now to get a great home for a buyer or to even get a home that they that they really, really want. I think it's very uh, difficult and I think that you have to have sales skills in order to do that. We know all the tricks. We can get you that home. You know, call us and let us give you options and tell you what's out there. We also have a lot of homes that we're waiting to put on the market because they're maybe getting painted or getting the floors redone or or whatever. We're just waiting for the seller to give us the green light. Um, and we'd love to possibly show you those homes right when they hit the market so you can get out there and get a jump on those. And, and that's why working with us, working with the big team is so advantageous. So give us a call, 813-359-8990. Reach out to us on our socials, Duncan Duo Team. We're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, we're all over the place. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you. Or you can go to our website, DuncanDuo.com. You can chat with us there. You can look at every home that's on the market there. It's an instant feed right to the MLS. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. And we'll be back again next week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show.